Creole community is immune to the dangers of substance use and addiction. Within the Menominee tribe, we've all seen the impacts firsthand. That's why we need to talk about it as we join together to bring this problem out in the open. In this podcast, we'll focus on education, highlight resources that are available, talk about initiatives underway to deal with this public health threat, and smash stereotypes that we all have about addiction. The Talk About It podcast is an initiative of the Menominee Indian Drug Addiction and Intervention Team with your hosts, Sheena and Gary. Do you know what signs to look for when it comes to addiction? In this episode, everyone in our community can be empowered with the tools to spot signs of addiction and substance use, as well as where to turn to for help for a loved one in need. Today, we're joined by guest Sadie Caldwell, Treatment Programs Coordinator and Director for Manosakia, and Dr. Joseph Gunther, Physician with Menominee Trouble Clinic. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. What are some of the common signs of addiction? I guess the ones we look at a lot of times are people who are using a substance or repeating a behavior compulsively despite signs that it's causing harm to them, harm to their family, and just the inability to stop. And it's kind of the definition of addiction is repeated repeated behavior without the ability to stop and really is a chronic disease. Um, Do the signs of addiction change depending on the age of the person? I think when we when we look at age for addiction, it, it does look a little different for both young and old. So the for younger individuals who start in their early teens or even lower than that, um, it's usually because they're watching something go on in the home. So they're learning it from someone within the home. Um, and typically when we see drug use starting out at a young age, there's a higher likelihood of, of that individual getting into adulthood and having an actual addiction of, to an illicit substance. Um, I do think there is research out there that suggests that for um, late bloomers or individuals who are um, probably beyond the age of 25 and, and they have an addiction start, it does look a little bit different. And I, I think usually we see a lot of medications that maybe potentially start a out as things that they were prescribed for an mm-hmm. injury or something yeah. of that nature, and then it becomes an actual addiction down the line. Mm-hmm. How should you approach someone that is displaying signs of addiction? I think the biggest thing is not to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, is try to meet them where they're at and explore. You know, how do they see it? Do they see it as a problem? Because um, some people are in this stage where they're not ready to realize there's a problem yet. They're convinced everything's fine. And it's going to be pretty hard to make a lot of progress if they're in that point. But if you can get people to start realizing like, yeah, you know, this is causing disruption in my life. This is causing problems. And and then it's the approach that, you know, that there's options out there that can help them kind of work through it and and help them realize as well that this is something that's taken time to get to this point and it's not going to change overnight. But it's something that with you know, working both on the medical end, the psychological end, there's a lot of things that be done uh, to get their life back in a new direction. I think the, you know, you kind of hit it right on the head. When we look at meeting someone where they're at, so, you know, what works with one person isn't going to work with the next. So really, you know, listening and kind of figuring out where they are with their addiction. Mm-hmm. And like Dr. Gunther said, 
some are just they're not there yet they're not there to recognize this is a this is an issue mm -hmm. um so it is going to look a little bit different but i think if if you can go in there as he said non-judgmentally and and supportive um usually you can get get somewhere okay um can you give us some examples of how um someone can talk to um you know family a uh, family member or friend that they suspect might have a problem? Yeah, I, I think um, this kind of plays right off the last question. So going in there with an open mind and not non-judgmentally, um, being kind. You know, I think uh, addiction brings up a lot of emotions for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just as, as we as humans... Uh, want respect, we need to be able to give that, even if there are other emotions going on. Um, but I think it also is important to to educate ourselves, too, about what addiction is and, and how it works with the brain, um, potentially what trauma is and how it works with the brain, because mm -hmm. those are two things that are at the center of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, so can a loved one reach out for help on behalf of someone that's struggling with addiction? And if so, where can they go? So I think we at Manasakia try to encourage the individual themselves to reach out. Mm -hmm. We do have the ability to offer like support to family or friends that are may have someone that's struggling. Mm -hmm. um, there also are like support groups and other things that may be available for those individuals. But really, you know, when we're looking at someone that would like treatment, that's that's key. Mm -hmm. They they want to yeah they need to want it, sure. um, and that's pivotal to success. So, yeah, I think for the family members or loved ones, it's you know being educated themselves. Well, what are the treatment options? Mm -hmm. And you know, and it's something they're going to have an opportunity to bring it up at different times, or you know, when they see there's a problem or things are going on, to try to open the door and start a conversation. Did you ever think about maybe? coming in to talk to somebody at the clinic or at Manasaki or at the county and, you know, go on from there because it's it's a long road. It, things don't change overnight, but it's, I think, if people reach out, like Addie said, with compassion and, you know, caring that you know, hopefully they can start working towards those changes and maybe one day they wake up and realize, yeah, this is a problem, I need to do something. And and then, you know, when they have those windows where they're ready to help is to do everything they can to help them get into Mm -hmm. to services. So we talked about the things to do. What are some things not to do if you have a loved one that's struggling with addiction? I think, you know, like I said before, being judgmental or being really accusatory or going after them, you know, it's kind of the proverbial hitting somebody over the head with a Bible is not mm -hmm. going to get you a conversion. And right. it's it's really is, is, you know, trying to you know, to not antagonize them or, you know, belittle them and try to force force them in. But at the same time, it's trying to, to help them out and walk alongside of them and, you know, hopefully gently steer them into the direction where they can get help. But And, and the other is if somebody's struggling with addiction and they're trying to make a change, you know, being part of the solution helps as well because we get a lot of couples where one person is trying to quit a substance and another person has no interest in quitting or they mm -hmm. don't see their their use as a problem and maybe it isn't, but if somebody's really struggling, mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, 
being able to just abstain as well while you're with them is going to make a big difference. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, when we look at um, people that are, are trying to get into recovery and, and work on themselves, I think we also sometimes forget about the family and the, and the children that are going through the same process. So, you know, in that regard, I think it's really important to remember that you have to take care of yourself, too. Um, it, it affects everyone within the family unit and even sometimes beyond. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, really just, again, I keep saying it, but meeting that person where they're at. Um, and maybe today isn't the right time. Maybe right now isn't the right time. But I think if you continue to be supportive and kind of give that open, non-judgmental um, space for that person, eventually, you know, they are going to, gonna take it um and there's there's so much that goes with with addiction that um I just think you know really just showing that unconditional love and and sometimes that does have um we have to have those boundaries too you know um because addiction can drag people people down even people that aren't going through it so yeah yeah and a lot of times it is the boundary between or the fine line between you know love and caring and then enabling somebody mm. and it, it's it's hard and that's a conversation that people each person's got to sort through on their own of you know what point am i helping them what point am i just making this worse because you know you want to care for somebody but then you want them to be safe but the same time is you don't want to feed into it and make it you know, easier for them to continue as they are and harder to change mm -hmm. so um you know, we often hear um, people that are kind of at the end of their rope when they're trying um, to help either, you know, a parent, child, or another family member that's dealing with addiction. What are some things that they can do, or what should they do? Like Addie said, self-care is huge, because you've got to take care of yourself first before you can help anyone else. And sometimes that is hard, where they just need to step away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of times too, realizing that they're not alone. I mean, this is where you know the counselors in the clinic, Amanda you know, physicians in the clinic as well. Just you know, if somebody's really struggling with a loved one and they're feeling like they're at the end of their ropes, coming in and you know, making sure that they're physically and mentally you know, able to keep going because it, it is hard. It is hard when you care and love somebody, and sometimes they don't care about themselves in the in those moments, and that's. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, we have different programs that are just starting, but even utilizing like a recovery coach or a peer support as, as something that might be able to um, get somewhere that maybe we we can't. Um, mm -hmm. Those are people with lived, lived experience, and um, that's something that we're really excited to be um, launching here in our community, so that may be another option. Is that the MidCap? Yep, MidCap. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and there'll be a, a program in the clinic as well for the women with children. Um, hopefully we're going to get that off the road shortly with the grant. We have this is going to be started in the near future, but it is. It's that support and reaching out and talking to other people who've been through it because sometimes mm -hmm. you know, if you know a family or somebody that's struggled with this and has made it to the other side, finding out what worked for them, what didn't, and seeing, mm -hmm. you know, what you can do to help, but just that support from other people is huge because, like, 
you know, the opposite of addiction isn't necessarily sobriety, it's connection and community. And that's really what we need. And that's, you know, potentially one of the strengths here of this community that they have is that care, the ability to care for each other and the extended families, the, they try to help people when they're, they're really hurting. Thank you for listening to the Talk About It podcast. For more information on addiction or substance use, as well as recovery resources, please contact the Manosakia Wellness Center at 715-799-3835, the Menominee Tribal Clinic at 715-799-3361, or the Menominee County Human Services at 715-799-3861. Recovery coaches are also available 24-7 by calling 715-972-3280. The Talk About It podcast is produced by the Menominee Tribal Communications Department.